I hit the wrong button. Merry Christmas, y'all. Starting <laughs> off strong. I started off with the stash of knowledge. No, we are not. Hey, welcome to or welcome back to Total Spot Fest for this joyous Christmas edition. Um, it's the same as every week, but we're dressed up like it's Christmas time. So, yay. <laughs> uh, I am JJ Brownlee. That is Jamie Faulkner. With us, we have Austin Reddick, and we are going to be getting into everything going on Dynamite. We got some talk out of, uh, out of WWE, a uh, whole bunch of things. Gentlemen, how are you doing this most festive of podcasts? I'm doing well. Uh, feeling <laughs> like Mark. <laughs> Feeling the, the holiday spirit coming up on a, uh, a long weekend where I don't have to work or do anything at all. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Doing fine and dandy. It's nice. Now, do you have off this Friday, too, or are you? I do and I don't. I've got to pop in and check a few things throughout the day, but I'm not actually working. So it's a little bit of both, but. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will we'll still be that. cracking we'll beers count. and hanging out, and then answering <laughs> the occasional email if it comes. There out. you go. That's the best day of work. And I know Jamie, you're now on break. Like I've been on break all week, but you're now on break until the new year. So, uh, yeah, I am. A f- I'm not doing a damn thing work related. <laughs> period. Till 2024, and that it feels feels wonderful. Well, we do want to thank you guys for joining in with us here. Like I said, this is our, our annual holiday special. we got some Christmas things we're going to get to in just a minute. But a uh, quick little side note, uh, Jamie and I went to – it's been a little bit, unfortunately, work, schedule, life, things have happened. Uh, but we actually went to a live wrestling show over this past weekend. Very enjoyable first time to WrestleMax over in St. Louis, technically uh, Columbia, Illinois. Uh, Columbia, Illinois, side note. Great little town. I've been to a lot of those ones, Southern Illinois, on the on the Illinois side of St. Louis. Never been to Columbia. Fantastic little town. It is really cool. Mm-hmm. We saw the Griswolds, where they now reside. It is definitely in Columbia, Illinois. <laughs> And uh, no, it was it was a it was a very fun show. So it is a bucket list item for Jamie to see Sue Young live. And boy, did we get there, even though we'll talk about the booking in a second. But, Jamie, overall thoughts of WrestleMax? Matches were good. Um, you know, I thought the crowd was weird. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, like, there was, yeah, I, I think I think it, it was booking-wise. I think that's what happened. Um, but I enjoyed every match there. Sue Young was amazing. She was like, three feet away from my face so i was i was really really happy because we got to the corner of the entrance so she's like right there it's like let's go they had our like, seats like labeled off jamie falkmer and and company were on the front yeah, row yes. <laughs> he 100 misspelled his name but that's great i like yeah. the and company like <laughs> was well, jamie falkmer one and jamie falkmer two is what it was but no they front row seats they literally had you like sectioned off we could have got there two minutes before start you know? That's always nice when shows do that. It was pretty cool. I liked it. Uh, get to meet Sammy Callahan in person, which is nice. Um, yeah, Sammy is cool. Super cool, cool dude. dude. Got to see our friends of the premiere, right? Premiere's doing doing the work, you know, Soup and <coughs> uh, SK. You know, always good to see them. Uh, Shaza, as always, you know, Shaza's great. Um, it was just overall really fun time. Davey Vega doing Davey Vega things, right? You know, I mean... It was it was a very good time. It had some very good matches. Uh, the booking was a little 
weird by so they had like they had a double main event right okay austin they had sue and uh, uh shaza for the undisputed because at the time shaza is like a interim champion right um so they had the undisputed you know official women's title match and then they had also a triple threat for the tag titles and it was uh Mike Outlaw and Camaro Jackson, who I can't remember. It was uh, men. What was their their acronym? They went grown men business. Grown GMB. Grown men business. Great. That's name. a good name. Uh, against uh, GPA and Laney Luck. Against the the other guys, which were or the the new guys, right? The new young guys. tag team based out of St. Louis. Um, and they were actually pretty fun. I really liked their intro. It was a little bit copycat of Orange Cassidy, but hey, everything in wrestling is copying of something, right? You know? But half the crowd was their family. Don't even exaggerate that. <laughs> and so they were the co-main event, so they were the second-to-last match. So, but And the room was hot. And it was popping. It was a really enjoyable match, right? But as soon as that match was over... Their family all cleared out, and there was half the room left for your main. So, and the crowd was dead for arguably an amazing match. It was arguably it was an amazing match between C. Young and Shaza. Great. great match, and yeah. literally the, the crowd was dead. Like literally, it's us. Like three dudes sitting by us. Like it's just us guys. Uh huh. Yeah, and we tried to carry it. You, just, you know, so a little bit of booking thing. Should have swapped those matches so you would have got the full pop. But hey, yeah, that's always is. unfortunate when, like, it's always rad when somebody gets a lot of their friends and family to come because more butts and seats, better crowd. Uh, but it's always unfortunate when they leave after that, like immediately after that person wrestles, right? Uh, which is weird too because I've like I've had friends show up to shows and stuff before, and I'm like, no, like come for the whole show. It's going to be fun. And it's like, it's weird to me that people are like, Oh, I saw that person. We don't need to stay the other 20 minutes. This thing's going to run or whatever it is. But yeah, stuff like that. And uh -huh. like wrestling in front of a crowd that's been deflated like that is always super awkward. Oh yes. Yeah. It, it was like, no coming back. it reminded me of a journey pro show. We saw back Kansas hall. They had, it was hoodie Hallett's, fake retirement match right you know he had come oh, out yeah. the the month before and he is you know he is hurt and his knee this and that and he wants one more match he wants against gary J because gary J is the heart and soul of midwest wrestling and blah 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 all this stuff right so they have this whole thing they have the dude from strange music come lead him out with a rap you know into the ring and do this whole thing they put on an amazing match and then hoodie puts a big swerve there's like f you there's no way i'm i'm retiring you know what the hell you think so they jump gary afterwards as so much emotion, and then they have the hour-long <laughs> Jeremy Wyatt championship match after that against Jake something, and man, was the crowd not 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 amped for that match. It was just, uh, what's up, Rob? So big Rob. But I will say, overall, wrestling WrestleMania was a lot of fun. I think KLD did a great job mm -hmm. there. Like I said, little booking, little booking adjustments. I would say you know but the match was, the venue was set up fantastic so they had the wrestling in a separate area right nice nice tall you know ceiling big room a little bit chilly uh because they didn't have the ac on in big old metal building but it was it was built into this uh lodge right so they had like the big like uh like a uh, uh gathering hall room next to it there where they had on one side they had set up all the booths for uh, and a lot of booths very good setup for merch and then nice. they had 
food set up over kind of behind it with tables set up. An actual like dining area where you could sit down and eat and stuff. And then the bar was in the other room when you first came in. One of the better setups I've seen at an indie show in a while. Yeah, it's always nice when they like think of those little details. And mm -hmm. it, it makes it seem like a more professional and well-run event. Yeah. As opposed to what indie wrestling often is, which is just they found a place that will let them put a ring in there. And it's <laughs> whatever you can find for the cheapest. Which there is a charm yeah. to that, too. Let's be real. So. Okay, do more a, wrestling coming. Doing on a lot of fun shows and situations like that, but still, I'd rather rather wrestle in a nicer building. One hundred percent. Other independent wrestling news here: uh, Fountain City Pro, uh, our uh, you know upcoming new promotion here in Kansas City, uh, announced their uh, their official date, their official title, and their official first participant. So, uh, if you guys want to get out, Fountain City Pro uh, is Friday, March eighth. Okay, tickets go on sale January, I don't have it in front of me, 8th or 8th, I think it is. Yeah, it's like two months in advance. I think it's, yeah, so January that 8th. That sounds about right. Yep, go on sale. And one Miss Heidi Howitzer is the first confirmed participant of Fountain City Pro. We know her. <laughs> <laughs> some of us intimately. By some of us, I mean one of us. Um, yeah, I think one of us. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah no excited for found city pro getting getting up and running it's always it's always good to have more promotions run by people that seem like they're really into this and, and want to mm -hmm. do it the right way uh because you run into a lot of promoters that seem like they don't enjoy pro wrestling very much and uh oh yeah it never mind. ends out ends up well, but yeah, uh, Found City should be phenomenal if you are anywhere near the area on March eighth. You should be at their inaugural show. And it will be in Olathe, Kansas. We'll have more details coming on that later on. Like I said, uh, Jamie and I are in Austin. We are we we know the people who are putting this on here. We're, we're trying to work some stuff up. Try to get them on the. We we'll gets a little closer. We'll we'll get them on the podcast. We'll do a little a little talky talk with them. You know, uh, but uh, very excited to see Fountain City come in. So it's a Friday. Friday evening. So, hey, plan accordingly, yeah. people. Awesome. Maybe we can have you on to interview your wife. Put her on the hot seat. Uh, she is never shy about jumping in front of a camera, so I'm sure she would be <laughs> no. down. Let's have Austin on interviewing her, and she is, like, in, like, full shoot the whole time, right? <laughs> ever. all right well it is christmas we have a tradition here every year that we like to exchange gifts amongst us hosts um i should have been a little more clear but austin has the gift that i sent to him handy we're gonna get to it jamie and i have our gifts as well and this year we went with kind of more of a white elephant thing so, so, so austin you already opened yours why don't you kind of reveal to the world what it was that you got you got one coming from about. jamie as still well it is still fully boxed. I certainly didn't open it as soon as it arrived and then realized afterwards <laughs> it probably should wait He unwrapped it and then realized the error of his ways and held off. But did you messed up the bit. I did. I, I totally forgot. I totally forgot the bit, dude. I totally forgot it. That was awesome. Say, I didn't I didn't know of the bit. Now I do. I should have been uh, a little more literal, but 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 yes, I got this this very lovely trapper keeper. <laughs> You're and going to grad good. school. You gotta get Total your, gotta spot get your best sticker. Yeah. Yes. Uh, relevant for going to grad school and also my personal love of the 1990s. 
So go. I had a couple ideas on the uh, the, the different decisions. I went with that because I felt like the multicolored leopard print was very 90s wrestling inspired. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. For sure. No, ex- excellent, excellent choice. Thank yeah. you, man. I appreciate that. Now you have, have a general and, and the sticker, you know, stick on a water bottle and knock yourself out. So I've actually, college. I've got one of those big dispensers where you put the big blue jugs in it and we have oh. like 80 yeah. stickers. Like every time we get a sticker, we just put another one on the dispenser. So it's going mm-hmm. five feet from where I sit and do this podcast. Yeah, there you go. I have long. no idea what that's like to have to put all your stickers. <laughs> I'll, All I'll right, so Jamie, I can't remember. I think last year you started. Um, sure, yeah, because I had you open Megan's gift last. I remember that. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I'll go first. How about that? All okay. Right. Okay. So Jamie got me this little gift here. I have no idea. It's kind of soft. Little guy. Okay. <laughs> all right okay this is funny on a couple levels all right so i have macho man randy savage socks oh yeah which are amazing it's macho man and also jamie knows i'm not one of these sock people that like the fancy socks <laughs> so the fact that I, i've got to wear them now you know but uh no they actually those are actually really cool <laughs> That is a very eight bit Macho Man too, I must say. Exactly, like it, it checked if, all the boxes. If we look at the junk there, that is that is per, that's that's a lot going on. Yeah, a lot of detail okay. went into that. That is that is fine craftsmanship right there. <laughs> They're actually Absolutely. really cool. I do like them. Like I said, to me, socks are socks, but I appreciate. It. I said we're doing They're a Macho Man outfit. socks. So, Completely macho different. Socks. Macho socks. Macho socks. Macho all right, Jamie. Socks. All right. All right. I'm going to open mine now, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) It's an Amazon box, everybody. See? Thanks for the Amazon box. I appreciate it. You are welcome. Now you can can box stuff up. Congratulations. You taped it, too. You would. I have nothing to open that shit with. It's just, it's just, it's just scotch tape. You can just rip it. Scotch. Scotch. Somebody say scotch. Scotch. Scotch is scotch, scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. I love scotch. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum, yum. In my belly. I swear to God. Are you serious? <laughs> I have nails. Just use the muscles. Just brr. I got the poppy things. <clears throat> All right. So there's two little boxes in there, as you see. Don't touch the don't touch the things, but take them out of the boxes. Okay. Okay. There's an order I want you to do these in, okay? Take the green one out first and then press the button. Which one? Green. Start with green. Green. You got to take it out of the box first, okay? And put put, put the back of it up to your mic, too, so we all can hear it. (laughs) So these are like, you know those buttons you get that are like the hell no button or like the nut, right? You know? Yeah, do you hear it? can't hear it i can't No, it's, it's the boom 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 let me hear you say way ho girl from the <laughs> youtube videos which is a throwback to an old inside joke that jamie and i have now this is an even better one here so well there's you, a whole bunch of stuff in here 
Yeah, there's a bunch of like like you could put like like de- I didn't put any decals on top. You could put like different sort of like decals on okay. it to have. Okay, so this one. That's perfect. See, it is. You're more shredded than Julian Salad, man. Original Robert Downey bit. Jr. doing the more shredded than Julian Salad line from uh, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> That's an original bit from the OG episodes when we were really bad. <laughs> now we're just marginally bad, ladies and gentlemen. So I was hopeful that you could you'd be able to press them with a speaker back to the microphone, we'd be able to hear them, but I guess not. So. No. Yeah, it's not coming through. It's not coming through. Damn it. But you hear it. That's important. Those are re-recordable, so if you want another copy over them. But yeah, now you've now you got a quick little access to that whenever you need. <laughs> great. I'll be pushing those buttons on the regular. All the time. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, gentlemen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay. Um, let's talk about wrestling. Let's get into more wrestling. The yeah. ears are fantastic, man. My floppy, my floppy Grogu ears. Um, yes. all right. Yes, so. Heather said that your socks will punch Hogan in the eye. I don't know if you saw mm. that. Hey, he's 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 a saved man now. Did y'all see how Hogan got baptized today? I I did, and it's kind of hilarious because he spent his entire babyface run wearing that cross necklace. Like, right. I'm pretty sure that's the one that Andre ripped off of his chest to start yes. their whole feud. And he's kind of just admitting that was bullshit the entire time. Yeah. Oh, fine. His whole life's to work. <laughs> hey, committed to the bit. He's committed to something. I don't know. He's, if yeah, he's committed bit. to a lot of things. Well, congratulations on finding eternal salvation, I guess. Hulk Hogan, whatever. Yes. Um, there's some other news coming out of the Fed, though, we should probably talk about. Okay. Okay. So... Uh, first one I heard was uh, probably the biggest thing. Now, of course, there are some updates. I think we talked about last week some different updates with injuries, right? You know, um, you know, it ties into this. So one of them being Charlotte Flair out for nine months at least ish. Like the, apparently, it's really bad. Her her leg is like really bad. So. In a fitting kind of tie-in to that, more light has come out on the Mercedes Monet Sasha Banks situation, where reports are that the figure she's asking is more than Charlotte Flair got. She wants to be the highest-paid woman in wrestling, basically, which deservedly so, in my opinion. But with her being out that might give her a little bit more leeway to get that cuz it does sound at least from the report that Sean, that SRS was saying that that figure was a little bit prohibitive to WWE is what the indication was so what are your thoughts on the money she's asking is she worth it and does this mean that she's going to be going to AEW because of this number or getting a whole lot of money from Stores, Connecticut. What do you think, guys? I think off the bat, good for her. Ask ask for what you want and what you think you're worth. Now they might end up saying no, and you might have to sell for something less, but you gotta swing for the fences when you got the opportunity. I did think I think I just saw it reported today that Charlotte just signed an extension, yeah. making her like the highest paid woman in the history of the company or something right. along those lines. Uh 
I try not to focus too much on other people's money and what they're asking for and all that. Uh, but I could definitely see with Charlotte being out uh, an extremely long period of time that giving them more motivation to, to bring Sasha Banks back. That seems like the likeliest situation for, uh, but at this point, like I would just like to see her end up somewhere because she can wrestle if she ends up somewhere instead of just well, not being yeah. ever on TV. <laughs> yeah. Not wrestling anywhere. Yeah, I I am. I think it makes a lot of sense for her to go back to WWE, especially if it's a high number, because, I mean, they got the money. I mean, it's not saying Khan doesn't have the money because Tony definitely has the money. Tony has um, the money. But they lost a big piece in Charlotte. WWE did. Now, they do have a lot of other big pieces women-wise, but, you know, she was going to be a part of a big feud moving forward, mm -hmm. and that's gone now. And then, like, you, there's only so many times you can run Becky and Rhea back so many times or, you know, whoever the, the other uh, champion is. Like, you know, there's only time, so many times you can run those things back. And it makes more sense for her to go there at this point. I don't I don't see AEW paying her the money because I mean as much as we do love Sasha Banks you know Mercedes Monet I don't think she's gonna move the 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 needle as much as her dollar value is uh, in viewership you know like I I think what they're running right around nine hundred thousand every time pretty Good much take, consistently yeah. right around there in the nine you know. Yeah. I, I don't see her getting them over a million. I don't. I mean, maybe an additional fifty thousand viewers, that'd be sweet, but I, I don't I don't see it. I'd rather them take that money and invest in MJF. My 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 thought on this is kinda like my concern from before is that if you pay her the money, <clears throat> but you're not gonna give her the time, or maybe you're gonna give just her the time, it doesn't really do any good in the end right you know it'll be hot bump for a quick minute cool right but again to your point you're not moving the needle i think it makes more sense in wwe and i think at the end of the day she'll get that she'll get that figure one way or the other i think wwe with charlotte being out it's like well we need to have this you know and i think that tony khan would very much be the oh you don't think i can pay that watch me you know yeah, but then she's <laughs> let's, let's be honest, right? So I think it'd make more sense for her to be in WWE just at the end of the day. Now, this seems like there's a lot of talk going on about contract negotiations that aren't official at all. So this all could just be a big smokescreen anyway. Yeah, I think I think if AEW wants her, like the money's there, they could, they could pay her if they want her. But I don't think now is a good time for AEW to bring her in because if you're going to pay her that and bring her in, she's got to be the feature of your women's division. But Tony storm is doing some of the best work in any women's division anywhere in recent memory right now. And I don't think you want to overshadow that even if it is bringing in a big name. Cause that's another thing too. The initial time she shows up, People would be super excited, really good pop. But once you get a few weeks in, I don't think she'd be any more over than Tony Storm is right now. Tony Storm is out there just doing some of the best work in all of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
I mean, case in point to that, <clears throat> on Saturday's collision, I mean, Abaddon getting a nice push right now. We got to also give her some props. But Thunder Rosa came out, and mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa's back, teaming with Abaddon. And honestly, the crowd was more stunned than excited. You know, like, I don't know, the crowd reaction was a little bit lackluster, if you ask, ask me. And, like, she's one of your top peeps. Like, if you bring in, if you bring in Mercedes that would that could overshadow them and when Jamie gets back and definitely what Tony's doing to your point man like I I, I just it's the right person at the wrong time maybe yeah I guess I, I agree completely I feel like I feel like they've even though they're not giving as much attention I mean they had two women's matches on collision they had finally the uh the the team up the reveal of sky blue joining julia hart Finally. thunder rosa's returning right you know you're you're doing you're doing things and laying the groundwork there in reality you're still developing this women's division out right because you don't give it a lot of time so it takes a lot longer to build multiple storylines and make stuff work and i think putting mercedes in there if you're not ready to go 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 Eh, it's a little premature, right? Maybe in six months when they get some more stuff sorted out, there's a streaming deal and they have the whole thing, right? Okay, cool. I could see it, you know? But <clears throat> she'd basically be at the same level that Soraya is at right now, you know? Big pop when you come in, you feature for a little bit, and then it's, you're, you're kind of just there, right? Yeah, although I think at least Mercedes... Monet is much more capable than Soraya is in the year 2023 going into 2024. I think part of Soraya fizzling out is the, the performance part of it just wasn't where it used to be with her. And you kind of just couldn't keep pushing her when you have just more talented women around Mm -hmm. her in the division right now. Agree. All right. Anything else in the fed you want to get over Jamie? Um, the, the only thing fed related, I guess is more fed adjacent. Um, a lot of superstars became free agents today or tomorrow. Officially tomorrow around right officially. (laughs) So just to, just to name a few or all of them, um, (laughs) you you have, you have Nick Nemeth, uh, so Dolph Ziggler. Top Dollar, Shanky, Matt Riddle, Riddick Moss, which he had a great thing on Instagram with him and Tennille Dashwood. Oh, yeah. Where they did uh, the Braveheart Freedom thing, which was great. Mansoor, Mace, um, Quincy Elliott, Elias, Dabakato, Dana Brooke, Rick Boogs, Shelton Benjamin, Aaliyah, and Mustafa Ali. So I pose this question to you, gentlemen. Do you see any of them making an appearance on World's End? I don't see any of them uh, debuting before that. Mm. I would say probably not. I don't. Yeah. Just because I think, I think we're getting the devil reveal. I hope we're getting the devil reveal at World's End. Better be getting the devil reveal. And, I think you you don't want more than one of those big moments on a pay-per-view like that. 
This is like the first time they're doing this pay-per-view. Like it's an event, it's a big deal, but I think if you have a a big debut and that kind of a storyline, like reveal mystery thing on the same show, one's going to step on the other. Whereas you reveal the devil at world's end and you could the very next week on dynamite have whoever's going to debut come out and start something fresh. That's another thing too. Like I think the first show after pay-per-view is a good time to introduce somebody. I agree. Unless I agree. And sometimes, I mean, it works sometimes. Sometimes you bring them in and just to, to show them off to the crowd, like, Hey, they just signed. They're here. Something like that would be fine. But again, it's just going to get overshadowed. If you've got something as big as a storyline, you spent four months telling getting paid off at the end of the night. Well, and my take on that is, very similar lines is that I feel like and call us a hot take if you want, but I don't I wouldn't classify anybody on that list as being a big reveal, right? Dolph yeah. Ziggler may be the biggest name on there, right? Dolph, but at yeah. this point in his career, is he like the showstopper, oh my God, look who's here sort of person? I don't Dolph. think so. Well I agree. Is and I love Dolph and it'd be great to see him, but I don't know. I don't I just don't I think, I think he is going to impact. Really? So, and so t- I would, I, that's where I hope he lands too, because I would like to see him get that old vet who was unappreciated run kind of at the top and impact impact is the place for that. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel like a lot of the people on this list. I don't feel like many, any of them, if, if, if not very few would, I don't think they're going to show up in AEW right now, honestly. I think Mustafa Ali is uh, probably the most likely. I think he's a solid addition to the AEW roster. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Shelton get like a Ring of Honor run. Same. Just let him go out there and just go. And then bring him into Dynamite every once in a while just for random one-offs. Kind of like they did with Jay Lethal early on. Now he yeah. got into some stories and stuff, but um, I would love to see Shelton with a Ring of Honor run and just him getting some chances to go out there and tear it down with some of the best wrestlers in the world. I agree. I feel I feel like a lot of these people are going to be destined for TNA. Uh, TNA has already announced that for their Hard to Kill pay per view on uh, the thirteenth, January thirteenth. First of all, uh, Women's Ultimate X, second ever. Let's go! Uh, but there's going to be a massive announcement of new new talent acquisition. There's been a lot of reports out there about money being earmarked and flagged and put aside and moved around for talent acquisition in 2024 tna has been kind of putting that out there that hey we're so i feel like a good number of these people are probably gonna show up in tna i think i think nimeth is definitely one that i agree i like that i believe tanil and uh um riddick both of them definitely fit into TNA. I think Aaliyah would do well in TNA with the way that they run their women's division. I think she's a good fit. I feel like Dana Brooke's going to go back non-wrestling. I think she's going to go back to fitness stuff, personally. I would love to see Dana Brooke get an AEW run. Uh, The AEW crowd likes, they really like to sometimes ironically get behind people. And Dana (laughs) Brooke, like, got over with the internet crowd. Just... Kind of like that. Oh, you're you're not great, but we just kind of like you for it anyway. Right. I think she could low key have a fun little run in AEW. You're I not putting a title on her or anything, but uh, there's there's some entertainment there. I just I mean, I, 
I hear you, but I just I don't feel like anybody anybody here. If anybody does get announced at World's End, Jamie, it'll be if they have one of those you know mid card battle royal sort of things you know going on. And yeah, comes out here goes Mustafa or here comes you know. So so my big one here is Matt Riddle. Does everybody stay away from him? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I mean, there's rumors about Marty Skrull. I know. Last heard about Riddle is that there's possibility for him to go back to the UFC, right? Potentially. I don't know. Well, he, he's going he's going back to MMA. He is not going to the UFC. Uh, Dana White hates Matt Riddle. And mm-hmm. also, UFC is owned by the same company that owns WWE, who would right. not hire him to the other, which is... Kind of funny considering some of the people on the UFC roster are legitimately like criminals. Criminals? There's there's plenty of them that are just fine, upstanding people that just happen to kick ass for a living. But I think we mentioned it a few weeks back on this show. Dana White literally slapped his wife on camera in full view of the public and nothing happened about it. But even that being said, there's no way they're bringing Matt Riddle back. But there's other there's other MMA out there, uh, and there's a lot of smaller promotions that would definitely throw a lot of money to get him to fight on the show. I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, it's like I don't think that right now he is going to take any big swings on them. I think he might get some mid swings though. I think he might get some people that kind of like I said, Jordan Benjamin doing an ROH thing. I can see that, right? I also so, think with Riddle, like. What else is there to see with Matt Riddle? He's (laughs) like, we've seen him wrestle plenty. He's kind of cool, but his character's never changed. There's no like depth or layers to him. Uh, And he has some fun matches. He does some cool stuff, but nothing so just out of this world, innovative and outstanding that you have to see it. I just, I don't see him being worth the hassle anywhere. Yeah. He's probably going to go do porn if we're being honest. I think he, he legitimately was talking about that a while back. I was getting into doing porn. That's probably where Matt Riddle's going. Cool. Good for him, dude. Man, there's money out there. Money out there and flashing your D around. So, I uh, mean, his that's where his girlfriend's from, right? Yep. His previous three girlfriends. And the one that, yeah. Oh, there's a whole bunch of there with it. <laughs> Moving right along. Let's move. Let's move swiftly along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we've eked out Heather here on this. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's let's mix it up. All right. Well, more to come. We'll have updates, as I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks. Here again, I believe a lot of these going to be coming in TNA. But hey, you never know. Good news is a lot of these people you probably be able to see on some uh, some independent things. I know G- GCW's already, you know, said top dollars making his return. You know, next month to their promotion, and you know, a few others out there. So. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Coming. Yeah, Mason Mansour, Mansour doing a uh, big gay brunch, and they're also doing uh, our Mace is going back to reality wrestling as well in the next month or two. Oh, okay, there you go. By the way, GCW uh, released their card for their December event. Uh, your main event is Blake Christian. I don't know if he's defending the Tyler or not, but he has a match against Santa. I love a good Santa match. <laughs> There are a few things in pro wrestling I enjoy more than Santa getting involved. Mm -hmm. And uh, coming off the heels of talking uh, about the Fed a bit, 
they are the uh, the number one name in getting Santa involved in some pro wrestling. Mm, uh, and I I figured this week I would do a uh, not not just a stash of knowledge, a Santa sack of knowledge this week. Ooh, and should, and talk about some, that ahead of time. I would have made. I wish I would have thought of that before <laughs> just now, but we we got to roll with what we got. Uh, so yeah, I think I would uh, get in the Christmas spirit a little bit and uh, and chat about one of the greatest traditions in pro wrestling. Let's do and it. And I uh, stash on. Come on. I I I did some thorough research this weekend, watching through as many Christmas pro wrestling things as I could, <laughs> and it is overwhelmingly from the WWF slash WWE. Even going as far back to the 80s with Roddy Piper's Christmas Carol parody, oh. which oh. if you have not seen this, it's it's on the Peacock. Go go back and watch it's it. Worth of you. Uh, it's one. It's just entertaining. And this is overall my the reason why, even as someone that's not a Christmas person, I love Christmas and pro wrestling because I love things in pro wrestling that are just there to be fun. They're silly. They don't mean anything and they don't get taken seriously, but everyone enjoys it. And in a minute, I will get to some legitimate Christmas magic that I saw watching this. Um, But Roddy Piper, A Christmas Carol, if you have not seen it before, he is awoken from his bed by three ghosts explaining the error of his ways. (laughs) But my favorite part of the entire segment is for some reason he is sleeping in bed in his wrestling boots. Like Roddy Piper is ready to get up and kick ass at any moment in the evening. I mean, that checks Um, for Roddy Piper. Let's be real. It it absolutely does. It absolutely does. So if you have not seen that, go back and watch that. Uh, One I came across that is not WWF slash E related it, you can find this on YouTube, but it is the Christmas creature from USWA in the early 90s, which is a very large man who would go on to become the mayor of a small town in Tennessee and also a demon along the way in a green outfit, like Green Man from It's Always Sunny to Philadelphia. You've seen it, but adorned with tinsel and ornaments. And I think he's got some red shorts and a Santa hat on. And the whole Fantastic. gimmick is... He's brought out to beat some Christmas spirit into some ungrateful folk. <laughs> and he spends a little while just squashing jobbers. Oh, but my it God. Is, it is Kane dressed like the Grinch, more or less, but more oh spandex. Um, so do yourself a, a, a favor wow. and, and check that out at some point. Fantastic. Uh, but to get into Santa proper, which is my favorite running gimmick in pro wrestling... Santa is going to show up every year around Christmas. And more often than not, it's kind of the same setup. He comes out to talk to a heel and he either is a baby face in disguise or he is backed up by a baby face that comes out to beat up the heel. But there was one year within the last decade or so, I forget the exact year, where Santa actually got run over by Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> I remember that. That was right. that was a great right. one as well. Uh, it leads to John Cena and Alberto Del Rio in the main, where Santa makes his triumphant return to come help John Cena out <laughs> secure the victory. It's every every Santa in wrestling is just a nice little baby face goes over at the end. Everyone's happy, uh, except for except for one really, and this was in the Attitude Era. This was one of those moments where you really realize 
WWF was not for the kids anymore. <laughs> and that was Stone Cold Steve Austin giving Santa the stunner to thunderous applause from everyone in the arena. <laughs> oh, those were the days, man. Those were the oh days. Oh, my God. And a, a bit of an honorable mention, um, but not as cool of a moment was uh, from one of the first, it might have been the first, but one of the first few tribute to, tribute to the troops where Vince McMahon was complaining to Santa that he didn't get presents because he was always bad, only to blindside Santa from behind and start telling talking to the crowd while Santa got to his feet, took off his hat, and revealed himself to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hiding Stone Cold Steve Austin Santa will always work. You could run that out every year. Yes. Uh, but Santa like stutters are just always a good time. Although, my absolute favorite of everything I saw, and as I, I said a few minutes ago, I was going to uh, divulge a, a genuine moment of Christmas magic. Wrestling, like Santa, is about the suspension of disbelief and just going along with it and getting into the spirit. There is a good Santa versus bad Santa match from Raw some years back. <laughs> where the good Santa is one Mark Henry and the bad Santa is one Damian Sandow. Oh my God. And it is the miracle on 34th street fight that they tried out every few years, which I, yep. I love a good Christmas pun for the violence. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> but there's a moment in this match where Mark Henry reveals a gift. He takes off the box and it is a whole ass toilet just sitting in the corner of the ring. This toilet is clearly not hooked up to any plumbing because it is sitting in the ring. I have assembled a wrestling ring. There is not elaborate pipes underneath. Not only that, this toilet is pristine, white, and brand new. They clearly went to Home Depot and or Lowe's, whichever you prefer, picked up a toilet and used it for this spot. All those things being considered, the moment Mark Henry grabs Sandow's head and starts taking him over there. The entire crowd is just getting ready for it, getting ready for it. Mark Henry shoves Sandow's face into this toilet that has clearly never been used. It's not hooked up to anything. Sandow starts selling it like crazy, and every single person in that arena, in a genuine moment of Christmas magic, was believing that Sandow was having the worst time of his life right there. <laughs> that is the magic of Christmas and pro wrestling. Oh my God, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, also during the Christmas time, they always they always did the on a pole matches, which is JJ's favorite gimmick. Oh, like God. yeah, the the <clears throat> mistletoe on the pole for the divas match. Uh, you you had a present on the pole match, uh, which was Dolph Ziggler versus somebody. Fandango. Like, I watched that one yeah, today. Fandango. Yeah. And then, of course, like you said, Good the polls, Miracle man. on 34th Street fight. The best name ever for a gimmick match. And it, it's I mean, great. It's perfect. You always get a tree being used as a weapon. And it's just, you know, yeah. Yeah. None of it is violent at all, but it's just fun. And everyone gets into it. They'll have the tray of cookies where they'll eat a cookie and then hit the guy with the tray. <laughs> yep. Packages, so you know, being broken over their heads. So you had to package on the head. And then... See, but they couldn't do that in AEW because then Mox would end up bumping on broken ornaments and it would just be a legitimate <laughs> Christmas death match. I'd right. be interested to see that, but I don't think they could go that far. 
That would be great. A Christmas death match with broken ornaments everywhere. A barbed wire tree. Um, a barbed wire tree. The, the barbed wire <laughs> itself is like wrapped in tinsel, so it's all sparkly. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Don't give Mox tree. any more ideas, okay? Well, yes. thank you for taking us down the, the ghost of wrestling Christmas past. That is wonderful stuff. There's, yeah. Santa and stupid street fights fantastic and the oh. christmas creature and the christmas, the christmas creature, creature. I, we gotta check that out jamie that's that's God on the list. Is ridiculous Everyone. all right let's get let's get back because there's some some non-christmas theme wrestling we want to get to let's talk about dynamite from tonight all right uh yeah can we let's do it. talk about tony khan giving us a present it Woo. it was it was gift after gift after gift, and if you deserved coal in your stocking, you got to watch Soraya wrestle for like six minutes. <laughs> you know, she actually didn't do too bad. Not too bad is not good enough for national TV. You want to start with we're, that? We're, you want to start with the women's match? Yeah, we yeah, want to we're, jump we're, right we're into there. that. Uh, Let's do it. This, this to me looks like the... The fabled, I know I've got to put someone over, so I'm just going to mail it in kind of performance from Soraya. It was fine, but no reason to be interested in it. Yeah. I don't, to me, I don't get the booking. You've already done the story. You did the story last week, right? She beat Ruby Soho. Hey, Ruby. Um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a solid match, right? You know, and it's obvious she's going after Tony Storm thing they're selling this whole thing first champion current champion first champion current champion why did you have to have this you didn't need this was not needed you could have had something else this this could have been a promo you did where you know she was awarded the match and her and tony get into it in the backstage cool right you could have had something else featured on tv i, I don't understand what the purpose of this was it wasn't soraya's worst match in 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 AEW, but that's not a higher bar. We've talked about ad nauseum the, you know, Soraya as a wrestler in 2023. And a good chunk of that is due to, you know, the fact that she broke her neck in like 18,000 places and she, you know, taking bumps is probably not a good idea, period. But this was our women's match for the night. At least we had Tony Storm on commentary for the whole thing. And that was a gift in its own right. So. In the honor of the Christmas spirit, the holiday spirit, ladies and gentlemen, you know, <laughs> I'm going to look at this through a glass half full. Uh, this had long-term storytelling for one Miss Tony Storm. Because Tony and the Outcasts, they really tried to build it up. They're the ones who, who beat Rio out the first time, and now she's coming back, you know, collecting... Uh, you know her her uh, receipts from each person of of the uh, the outcasts. You know, so they really made her look pretty strong in this match. I thought they did a good job on that aspect. You know, Soraya is not who she used to be. Uh, we all know that, and that that's okay. That is okay. You know, because that match did its purpose. Not only did it make Rio look strong to make her look as a possibility of, of getting it, it also planted that seed of Mariah May doing the Mickey James. That's all I got to say about that. I think it was wonderful. I think the, the post-match and all the side stuff I liked more than the match itself. 
Like, yeah. you know, they're definitely yeah. making Ruby face of some sort, right? Because Ruby had, they showed her behind the stage, side eyeing the, the TV. I, what? I just don't get the side eye TV thing. I mean, ever since the, the, the Young Bucks shot on that, that's all I could see anymore. People like side eye. Anyway, but she smirked when, you know, Surya lost. So they're obviously making her face and doing a long turn for that. Cool. That's something for them to do. I like it, right? Take them out of the picture, but give them a story so that at least they're involved in something. Mariah, uh, Tony was fantastic on Senate commentary, talking to, of course, the uh, the, the the king of uh, of duplexes over there. Um, <laughs> she's you you you, were, you hit the nail on the head, Austin. There's no better women out woman out there right now in wrestling than Tony Storm. What she's doing It's fantastic. But the yeah. Mariah Bay, the whole Mickey James thing, right? This was on. This is from the playbook here. Comes out, makes the save, much to the shock and chagrin of you know Tony. So I love it. Yeah, and I I think I think you didn't need to do Riho and Sarai here. I think you could have done something more in line of of building up Tony and Mariah May's thing. Like you could have done Tony and Mariah against Sarai and Ruby here. Um, giving Rio, like I get the long-term storytelling part of it, but a lot of people have already forgot that the outcast took them out. And also Rio is not winning this match. You know, no. the conclusion already. So instead yeah. of building like you don't have to do too much building with Rio one, she's Rio and everyone except for neck beards on the internet loves her anyway. And she's a former champion. You can slide her right into that title match of the pay-per-view without having to do a lot of justifying because that's that's how pro wrestling works sometimes. Where I think you could have done something that developed Tony and Mariah a little bit more substantially and not had Soraya work in a singles match on Dynamite. It, the the finish was probably the worst part of it. It was real awkward. Mm-hmm. They had to like reposition and stuff. And like I said, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It's just we've had a, a really good couple of weeks run of the women's division, and it was a bit of a downer to have a match that didn't really mean much. You knew Riho was winning this one and getting the shot at the pay-per-view because they've already planted those seeds. She beat Ruby last week. You didn't need her to beat someone else again here. And then with, with Ruby and Soraya, they either need to stick with that or get away from it because it seems like they just drop it for a while and then kind of pick it up and it's... Like Soraya's just not there a lot of the time. It's it's it just seems like it's muddying up a division that's finally finding its feet under itself. When you have one match a week, yeah, that's exactly. exactly the point, right? You know, you make that match yeah. at least like you've been doing the past few weeks. It's been good stuff, and it hasn't all been this exact same storyline. You've done some stuff with Julia, right? You've done some other things, cool, right? You don't get any room for having a bad sloppy match because then this conversation ensues that's fair but it's not right. official Riho and us uh Riho and tony at uh at world's end so yeah 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 all right so we'll get into the continental coastal carolina classic continental breakfast whatever um we'll get into those last <laughs> So that means we get one of JJ's favorite wrestlers, Commander, going to go going up against next strong Roderick Strong. 
If you haven't watched Commander in the six-way, six-man match that they had on Friday last night, like, go watch it. It was, it was, was it Commander, Penta, and, um, I think Vikingo? Vikingo, no. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 it was, yeah, it was him. Because he wrestled on the Ring of Honor preview, but that, <clears throat> right, Vikingo, yeah. going up against Top Flight and, uh, Austin Reddick's favorite wrestler, Action Andretti. And, if you like flippy Spanish shit like JJ does, this match is your holiday wet dream. It was amazing. But anyway, yes. Roddy versus Commander. I thought it was a fine match. It was a fill-in match. It was a good stand-up match. It was it was meant to kind of move along the storyline of Roddy, which they did well. It was fine. How about that finish? That was sick. I got to give it to them. That was a sick finish. When Roddy's on his best, he pulls out some moves. He does a lot of this. Like Austin, you remember that you? I think you talked about this from like old old good Roddy from ROH, right? He would pull this. He would pull the end of Hardik out of nowhere, right? Just boom. Yeah, you know. Uh, oh, oh, kudos, Roddy. Yeah, yeah, this this was a this was a fun match. Uh, it it was a little bit of filler for the show. I mean, it still got Roddy's. Roddy's gimmick moving along and all that. The it, it's weird though. It's one of those matches that it was announced. I saw the graphic. I was like, that'll probably be cool, but I don't know why these two specifically are wrestling. Um, which sometimes on a pro wrestling show, matches happen because you have pro wrestlers and they're going to wrestle. Uh, <laughs> I I would have liked to see Roddy. Um, if you are investing that TV time into him, which they have been and. It's the most interested I've ever been in Roderick Strong. He's always been a great wrestler, just never did anything for me. I would have liked to see him beat someone with a little bit more clout. Um, not a top-of-the-card guy, but Commander is one of those ones that you, you just assume he's going to lose anyway. I would like to see Roddy beat someone where there was that, that little bit of doubt whether or not he would win. But either like way, Penta, that's what Penta, if you did Penta instead of Commander. Penta would be a great one because Penta's one of those guys that like he could beat or lose to anybody on any night with the way they book him, and it, it always works. I would have loved to see Roddy and Penta. But I mean, yeah, the match was great either way. What'd you feel about this match, Jamie? I love I loved it. Um you know, again, glass half full. It's the Christmas spirit in me. Because <laughs> if this was last week, I'd be bashing on Commander in some way, shape, or form because it takes forever to set up moves. But he definitely did not do that this time. He was much faster in setting up his moves. Instead of going out to the middle of, of the ropes, taking like three deep breaths and finally going, you know, like you didn't have to worry about that. He just went after it and got it. Um, did anybody else's... Uh, TBS like kind of short out when he did the uh it did like, I had a couple times thing. tonight when my TBS yeah, feed mine was did a that walking. for like the first probably third of the show it was yeah. happening here and there yeah, yeah I had weird like, he, he started to do it next thing you know it's like he's on they're doing a pinfall like, in the I middle. Didn't yeah see him do the move <laughs> they, it, it did that for a little while during uh Jericho's backstage segment and I wish it would have been longer <laughs> Well, Roddy gets the victory, yeah. and then him and the kingdom are putting up MJF is the devil signs around the thing. He has a good little promo with Renee. He's is the most interesting Roddy's been 
on his own, right? And I know he's got the communion behind him. I get it, right? He's obviously involved with, you know, the whole storyline. We know that, right? Yeah. But for the for what it's worth, he's on. He's leading this. He's on his own. It's the most interesting he's been because in the past, Austin's made mention about this many a times, right? He has not been pleasant to listen or watch when he's not in the middle of a wrestling match. I enjoy at least some sort of thing. And taking this gimmick and running with it, it's an old gimmick, but I appreciate it, right? The old, my neck still hurt sort of bit, right? Milking that whole thing. He's getting good pop from the crowd. And I liked it. So, yeah. yeah good. It was good filler. It was, like I said, you're not going to have everything. It, you need to have this. When you have, like, so many good matches, you need to have that in the middle or else something gets lost. Kind of like you talked, we talked yeah. about the beginning where at WrestleMax where you take the, take the air out of the building, right? You know, this is proper booking. You're putting that in there so it's a little bit of a breather. It's important. It's good. But it's not super important. Yeah. Well said. So let's get into MJF Samoa Joe because I feel like that has a lot of pieces here. Then we'll get into the to the the, the, yeah. the coastal Carolina stuff. Um, so MJF Samoa Joe Samoa Joe comes out to a King's welcome because he is Samoa Joe, um, and. They can never make this man heal ever again because he's just Joe. <laughs> um, Joe is a static figure. There's no face. Dude, there's no heel. There's just Joe. Yeah, he's Doctor Manhattan. Um, but uh, he he comes out, starts accusing MJF of being the devil because he's starting to buy into it. Calls out MJF. Uh, Samoe Joey um, is the <laughs> the Joey. response. From MJF and those two start getting into it, and then magically they they get attacked by some goons, some goons. some random goons, all the goons. There was like twenty five of them out there. <laughs> then they got surrounded by the actual devil devil worshippers. I guess is what we're gonna call them. I don't know what we're calling them yet. Um, I other than you know, I don't know, jungle kids or. Um, what's another one? Um, uh, the uh, undisputed kids. Um, I don't know. It's one <laughs> of those. Um, so they surround it. Lights go out, and it's like, who can you trust? You need to accept our match, whatever. And Samoa Joe's like, damn right, we're gonna do it. Even though like there was a heated boat between MJF and Samoa Joe. You know, Samoa Joe's like, oh, well, I don't know if you trust me. He just grabbed out. Like, we're gonna do this shit. Like, yeah, I'm in. They're dropping R- the belts, right? ROH take, so be- take title match next week against the Kingdom, yes? Yo, yeah, they're dropping them. Dropping them hard. Call uh, it Austin, now. you in on the Kingdom, or you think it might be somebody else? Doesn't matter. They're dropping them. Well, I feel like they're dropping them, yes, but. Kingdom. Does it matter who it is? No. Yeah, I think the Kingdom makes the most sense. Uh, it's weird though, because like if the kingdom are the ones picked by the devil to win the title, that kind of steps on you revealing at the pay-per-view. Although I, I'm starting to think this might end up being something where the devil is not one person. It is literally everybody that hates MJF. 
either that or what I think I would like even more than that. And I feel like every week, and this is a credit to them making this story interested. Every week, I'm like, oh, this person should be the devil. The next week, it's someone else. Yeah. Uh, I would I wouldn't mind seeing them go all in, put the title on Joe, and Joe's been running the show. He doesn't have to be the actual guy in the mask. Joe is the boss. And I think I mentioned that a few weeks ago that, that might be all right. I like that. Yeah. Joe is real quick to to accept that thing, even though last time this exact same thing happened happened. MJF got beat up and hit with the bottle backstage. Um but this also makes sense if this was just a long storyline of Joe fucking with MJF to eventually take the title off of him. There's options, though. Um, but yeah, either way, I thought the the devil typing on the, the Tron is getting a little too overproduced and is getting a little hokey. Mm-hmm. Um, but the storyline still, it's it's good as long as it ends soon. Like, Well, we hopefully, we only right have, now. hopefully we only have 10 days left of this because... They better damn well announce who the devil is that rolls in. It has to yeah. be. It's time, right? I like the Joe theory. The Jungle Boy theory, I know a lot of people are shitting on, but I do like that. That's a good theory to have there, right? You know, especially with the glass being uh, spewing about. One I talked to Jamie about uh, when we were driving to St. Louis this weekend, something that came up, something that I really liked is, <clears throat> what if it is MJF after all? And hear me out. This is, this is the theory, at least. You know, hear the theory out. The goons are Wardlow, Sean Spears, and maybe FTR, but if not FTR, the kingdom. Okay? And it's a way to, A, have the MJF kind of reveal, right? He's the devil. He's been doing this all along. Screw you guys, right? And it's really, you know, I never trusted you. You know, you're 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 turning him full 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 heel again, but it also turns rot turns the kingdom on Roddy. You know that we never bought into your bullshit. You know this and that, but it allows you to then have, you know, Pinnacle 2.0 versus Adam Cole, Roddy, a returning Kyle O'Reilly, and I don't know Samoa Joe who just got screwed out of the title. It's another. There's, there's, there's a million ways this can go. I still feel like it's got to be some sort of Adam Cole related reveal. That ultimately makes the most sense. Like, why, why wouldn't it have something to do with Adam Cole? Um, but I think it all just comes down to when you think you're getting Adam Cole back. Yeah, I mean, he he was on Twitch an hour before streaming, an hour before Dynamite tonight. So that's not signifying a man who's getting ready to come back in any capacity. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. That could be a swerve. Yeah, that could just all be a thing. It's, it's a Wednesday night. I mean, like people, he doesn't have a day job. Right. He's not traveling for work, though. He's not at wrestling. So he, I mean, he doesn't have to right now. They didn't need him this week. He's he's re- yeah. healing. Oh, I hear you. Like, I'm just saying. It, I still it's, it's, I still I, feel like. His injury is a lot more serious than we originally thought, or at least it's take it's, it's more real than what we actually thought. It could be that, but it also could be we're getting close to the reveal at World's End. It's going to be Adam Cole. Let's keep him off TV for a while and start pointing to other people as the devil to make it a little bit more of a surprise when we circle back to the thing everyone originally thought it was going to be. I think that's the best way to handle it. Jamie, where where are you at here? I know you were you were big on the uh, Jungle Boy 
kick last week. Yeah, and, and I still think that's that's a, a good play, but I think the right play is Adam Cole. I, I, it has to be that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just makes the most sense. And honestly, with everything contractually going on with with one MJF, like they have to reveal it now, and he has to drop the title now. He has not re-signed. He has been very vocal about not re-signing recently. Um, after getting inducted into the Jewish Hall of Fame, congratulations. Uh, so I am of the ilk. No matter what, he's dropping that belt to Joe, and then they will hopefully do the reveal in some way, shape, or form that he is like, uh, like. One or many people are the devil, and then like, oh, you think this this person's the devil? Like they do that kind of reveal, and actually ends up being that's like a henchman for the actual devil to buy them time. Or it could also allow MJF to get really beat up really bad by the goons of of the devil, and he's off TV for a while to heal up, and then that will also buy them time. I feel I feel like no matter what, you know, because if you're tying that into it, the 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 contract thing, even though it's very much real as it does appear to be, although I still am of the ilk that he did, I I I feel like something's in in the mix, or he has resigned, or it's it's whatever. I, that's just my opinion, but whatever it may be, right? You know, I feel like not roping that into this story in one way or another is would be a giant mistake, right? So you've got to rope it in, right? Yep. <clears throat> it's the perfect time, end of the year, it's when his contract expires, right? That's when you beat him up, you take his title, and you leave him for dead with the thought that he's gone, we got rid of him. And then he comes back at Revolution after he signed a new title and had a little bit of time off to rest and recover, and he's the biggest baby face that our, the company's ever seen. Legit baby face at that point. Yeah, I think regardless of contract status, it's time to take the belt off MJF either way. Yeah. Uh, the the back half of his run was much better than the first half, but it's time to move on to something else. You just you have too much talent on the roster for one person to hold the title too much longer than he has. It's it's time to move into some new and exciting things. Uh, and if they if they don't reveal the devil at World's End, they are they are screwing up. <laughs> we riot. We rage on them. <clears throat> yeah, there we, was a little segment later on where him and Joe were talking, getting into the backstage a little bit, and then you know, MJF turns to walk away and sees there's a mask in front of the Mogul Embassy's door, which leads to a very nice little. Now, this is something that you brought up a long time ago. I think Austin, did you bring this one up, the Swerve, or was that you, Jamie? Um, I brought Swerve. Yeah, you brought it up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> week a while ago. Then it's kind of hit by the wayside, but. Plant that seed there, and you have a little face-off between Swerve and MJF, and you realize how much money this is going to be when they get around to doing that, because that is going to be, oh, oh, so good, oh, so good, oh, yeah. And it's it's weird. Swerve has been on such a run that you know four to six weeks ago, whatever it was, that I thought I'd like to see Swerve be the devil just to put him in that title picture. I thought, and even in in this little segment right here tonight. Swerve doesn't need to be the devil. No. Swerve mm-hmm. Swerve handled that accusation and promo like the kind of man that would just look you in the eye then hit you. Granted, this is the guy that 
left Nick Wayne in a pool of blood five months ago by attacking him from behind. Um, but I think Swerve in the last like six weeks or so has just blown up so much that he doesn't need to be the devil. Like he seems kind of above and beyond that. And right. uh, this, it, it was great having this interaction backstage. I thought, I thought Swerve, not only held his own, but kind of overshadowed MJF in the promo a bit. MJF was kind of reverting to his his heel, like the cheap shots that are a little childish and only work if you've got another person that's going to like sell them and get really upset by them. And Swerve just looked like the guy we've been expecting to be after seeing him for the last couple months. Like he looked like he's ready to be the champ. And hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. Where's the man, have- dude? If he doesn't have a belt, he doesn't have that belt on him by summer. Something's not right in the world. So I I completely agree about the promo off, if you will. Like I Swerve has been getting so good on the mic and everything, and he I felt like he eviscerated MJF. Like he just like you get tryouts, I get contracts, which I thought was a nice little. You know, stab right now because he's, you know, getting ready to go for a contract. But like those two, oh, the the fireworks that will come from that match. But the thing is, I think when those two finally collide, it's not going to be MJF with a belt on. It's going to be Swerve with the belt. Which, you know, and I've been thinking too, just recently. What if the devil was Will Ospreay? I had that thought a week or two ago, but like didn't really follow up on it or flesh it out. Uh, that would be super interesting. That would be interesting. But Maybe you, Ospreay and Ospreay. MJF's never really done anything to him. That's the only problem I have. Yeah, it would be a little out of left field, but Osprey's such a big name. I mean, you know he's coming in the next month or so anyway, but yeah. Osprey's such a big name that it doesn't really matter that's a little bit out of left field and you've also he showed up at full gear and said, "Hey, give me some time to finish up Japan, but I'm coming." You could totally flesh that out to just cuz he's not showing up until mid-January doesn't mean he doesn't have shit popping off on the show. Um could be Osprey. I don't think. I don't think you need it though. No, I don't either. I just turn it out. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I feel like yeah, because you can start pulling out a bunch of names. You can get into it. I think that the most likely yeah. suspects are going to be Rose and Barr. It's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be Adam Cole. Some variation thereof, right? Somehow Ophelia with Cole, O'Reilly. Some somewhere in the mix there, right? The person behind the devil mask, but it's going to be Cole, right? You know, Cole. I don't mind the Samoa Joe angle. I think that's a good kind of take on it. Okay, if you want to take a swerve, that's not a bad one, right? If he wins the title, he does that. Cool, I get it. I think that the the other really likely one is MJF, right? That if there's not going to be Cole, who is it going to be, right? Yeah, you've got the whole Jungle Boy theory. It's not terrible, you know, but I feel like if it's not Cole or whatever, MJF's really the only backup that I could see that would make sense to me yeah I, unless it has to be a great cool. name cool. undisputed kingdom that's Ooh, a great that's a ass good one. name that's a good one sandman all right i i still would like to see the devil literally being 
everybody that hates MJF. They're all in on it. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. It's just everybody. And well, especially with the, the contract thing coming up, you could use that as a thing that like you were saying to take him off TV for a while. Dude gets confronted by everyone he's wronged over the last, you know, year or so. And then just leaves. He loses the title, realize everyone hates him and he disappears and then comes back. Like if you really want to become a baby face, then have him come back as a true baby face. Right. Like, yeah, I almost signed with the other company. I almost took my ball and went home. Clearly none of you want me, but you know what? I'm not quitting. And then you get like a redemption arc with them. I think yeah. that's good long-term storytelling. Then you get the chase too. The chase is what everybody loves too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that chase, you got to have some setback, which is him failing to take the title off Swerve. Who's got to run with that until all in. And then drop it to Osprey. And then drop it to Osprey, probably. <laughs> well, thank you for this. Uh, thank you guys for joining in. You don't have to watch AEW for the next nine months. We got we got covered yeah. there. Boom. We Done. got that All shit right. mapped out. And Ruby Tony Soho Khan finally wins a title. He's, he's, hey, taking a, he's taking some pointers from us, so, you know. All right, let's talk about the actual wrestling. Let's get back to that. Okay, so we have the all we have left are the three Continental Classic matches. I'm getting better actually saying the real name now, guys. You say Continental almost every time. You just mix in other words <laughs> with it. Yeah, I know. I know. So out of these three matches, one was 100% match of the night, and the other two were match 1B and 1C. Like, I mean, every single one of these matches was absolute fire. Um, if I had to rank them myself which i hopefully they'll be different i'm hoping they'll be a little different um moxley white one swerve roosh two barely and then jay lethal and briscoe three but that one was phenomenal too i would go swerve roosh one lethal and briscoe two mox and jay white three although it's really one a b and c yeah yeah I mean, it, to put you, yeah, I agree with both of those states. It's hard to mix them up, and I'm not going to choose a third different ranking just to be that that guy. Um, I would say Swerve Rouge one, Mox uh, White two. Actually, that a is a third different, different option. Never mind. Uh, and then Briscoe Lethal third. Actually, you know what? I got to change mine. I got to put Briscoe and Lethal one uh, because on. On live national TV in a pro wrestling match, I saw a burning hammer transition into a J driller as the finish. (laughs) Yeah. I never thought I would get that on live pro wrestling national TV. A burning hammer was pretty sweet. though. I mean, in in a match for not last place in your division. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. Okay. I'll start with that one. So, yeah, so Mark Briscoe, Jay Lethal, put on an absolute masterclass. Uh, Mark Briscoe wins, you know, with with the uh, Burning Hammer into the Jay Driller. After Jay Lethal totally stole the move and did a Jay Driller on him, which everybody knows how much I love (laughs) move stealing. That move stealing. But I feel, gentlemen, that this is going to set Jay Lethal on a path. Of bringing oh, yeah. back Black Machismo. I don't know if they're going to go as far as Black Machismo, but they're definitely making him face. Yeah. I I would like to see... I would like to see Black Machismo as a one-off. 
like have a reason to do it for something special like one time. Uh, I don't know if that's something they got to do long term, though. I mean, do I want to see Black Machismo back on my TV every week? Oh, yeah. Will they do it? I doubt it. I doubt it, honestly. And especially as as much as as most people are not that thrilled about it, especially with having Ric Flair there occasionally, it just writes itself pretty much to have him bust that out once he's turned babyface for one random backstage segment or something. But I yeah, I think Jay Lethal's turning face. Uh I I assume he still more or less stays in Ring of Honor for the most part, but I think they both do, honestly. Yeah. But I think that's good for Ring of Honor. They're, I mean, they are Ring of Honor guys long term, but mm-hmm. they they can still clearly go with the best of them. So mm-hmm. it's it's a great place to have some good talent. Ring of Honor had a pretty pretty solid pay per view over the weekend. So I mean, sure did. I mean, shout out to Billy Starks tearing the house down with Athena. You know, our girl Billy. Um, I you know. I feel, I think at some point in time, I think Jamie, you might have said it, this could be a tag team up for them. And I feel like that's a solid possibility, but I kind of don't want it. I like kind of what, you know, Marcus came out today and said he's basically in his rookie year as being a singles wrestler, right? Which he has actually been a singles champion before, so that's not entirely true. But I like them both. And in, 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 in Ring of Honor, both of them as faces, sure. Let's go. So I know Mark has previously come out and said he is done with tag team wrestling without his brother. Cause when this tournament first started, uh, yeah, I thought it would be great to have them both. Not that it's great to watch Mark Briscoe lose every week, but <laughs> to have them both go over, go do a draw in the finish. And that be the thing to put the two ring of honor guys, like longtime ring of honor guys together for a run at the tag belts. But Marcus said he's not tag team wrestling. I, I get that. I would what I would like to see for Mark Briscoe, and I think would be uh, you could tell a really great story and build up to a really good moment for AEW is having Mark Briscoe be the guy to eventually take the TNT title off Christian. Oh wow! Because I think Christian's doing such good heel work, you kind of don't want him to drop it. But Mark Briscoe is that level of over as a baby face that you wouldn't be sad about Christian's run ending. You would just be happy for Mark Briscoe. And I think he could have a fun run with that title before he drops it to whoever you want to have it next. Right. And they've been, they've been known to not do long title reigns with TVNT title either. Right? Yeah. He and you don't need to either. And drop it and cool. Yeah. It feels fine. I kind of I feel like he's going to drop it to Copeland, though. Do you? I don't want to see Copeland win a title in AEW. Well, neither do I. But I think that's not, what not a lesser do. title either. You know, if Copeland's going to win a title, the only title that makes sense for who he is is the world title. But I don't want him in that picture personally. But he's got to take the patriarch of AEW's title. I I don't think he needs to on his on his own volition. He's not here for he, he doesn't care about the title. He just wants to beat he up might, Christian. Who knows? He might put over Christian to put Christian even higher. Who knows? Right. Well, he might just beat him up on, and it not be a title match, and that's how he gets Christian to agree to his no DQ match at World's End, right? Don't put the title up. I don't want the title. I want you. Let's go, right? I'd be in on that. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, I just – I don't think, like, 
who that like who out of the audience is really that excited about Adam Copeland being the one to win the TNT title? It's fine. You're not sad about it, but like look at that and then look at someone like Mark Briscoe and you know after losing his brother earlier in the year, but also just being someone that most pro wrestling fans have thoroughly enjoyed for the better part of decades. Uh, getting that moment to win that big singles title at AEW. It just seems like much, a much bigger deal. I mean, there's obviously other options as well, but I think that's that's a fun thing to do with Mark Briscoe while he's still super hot off this tournament, too. You don't have to go right into it, but maybe by revolution. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll see how that, that, how that materializes because there could be a lot of good avenues there. All right, so let's go into... 1B, <laughs> um, Swerve versus Roosh, which actually Ooh. opened up the show. And holy Ooh. shit, this was a banger above all bangers. Swerve's doing the best work in the ring period. Roosh is really damn good. I think my favorite thing of the whole damn match was when Roosh was doing his showboat, put his arm up, and next thing you know, Swerve just comes flying in and does an arm bar on it. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Like, I love that quick transition right into something. Swerve's so damn over. Like, the crowd was like, who's house? Like, again, he's supposed to be a heel, and the crowd's not letting it well, happen. But that's what it's so worth. Give some pop to Ru- Roosh for that, too, because Roosh was selling as a heel in this match. To, mm-hmm. to you know, <clears throat> we know that Swerve's not a baby face, but he's at least proposing his part in the match as I'm the heel here, right? You know, so... I thought that was a good little extra bit personally. Yeah. Yeah. This, this match was phenomenal. And like, yeah, all, all three, just depending on what your personal taste is and who you like could have been the match of the night. It was phenomenal last week of this tournament. And for, for something where two or three weeks ago, we were sitting here thinking this was this, the booking of the tournament seemed a little mailed in and obvious. There was a situation where, Everybody except for Lethal and Briscoe, there could have been a four-way tie depending on what happened. Like yeah. it was, it was, yeah, really well done to build these stakes into the last night, and then to kick it off with one of the best matches of the tournament. Oh. This was this was phenomenal, and with the rules of the tournament, uh, we still have yet to get a draw, but clean finishes. <laughs> Like top talent beating top talent. It's just a great night of pro wrestling kicked off by one of the best matches they've had on Dynamite all year. I mean, this yeah. is, I mean, I think they found the good recipe. This got the old school from the original Dynamite of the, we're just putting out, we're just going to put a banger wrestling matches wall to wall. They've found that good, happy medium to have some of that along with good storytelling in the middle, right? This is their happy place. I just hope they don't. Because they get out of the tournament, I hope they don't la- pull back from that and just put out there just some bullshit Wardlow matches every every half an hour, yeah. right? Yeah, I think I think coming out of the tournament and getting into 2024 would be a good time to re-implement your records and rankings, but in a smarter way. Because I yes. think they they kicked off with that as an idea, but not a fleshed out concept, and they were just keeping track. Mm-hmm. But you've got to plan that out a little bit better when it's going to matter and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, 
But the fact, like the the league play of this tournament, has just given the dope matches you are probably going to have anyway stakes and context. So I think you could start. You again, you would have to you would have to flesh it out quite a bit. But you could get back to doing rankings, and then when you have a random Roddy versus Commander, it's hey, this guy's got this record. He's ranked here. This guy's trying to move up because we're going to take this many people and throw them in this gimmick to find a new champion or a new contender. So like, it just gives a reason for everything that's happening. It doesn't have to be super deep and detailed, but there's, there's room there. I like that. I have a thought, Jamie, hear me out on this. Okay. We had a promo tonight from Jericho, which Austin didn't want to hear. None of us really did, but it was to kind of update the crowd if they didn't know already that, you know, Kenny Omega is out. He's going to be out for a while, blah, blah, blah. What does this mean for our tag title? Who knows? But one day when you come back, get well better, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Right? So, Jericho's on camera, on record, basically not knowing what his future holds. Maybe after the new year, he's like, hey, I'm going to be the GM of this thing. And I'll tell you what. We had an idea at the beginning. He can call it his idea for all we care, right? He probably will. To have rankings and that rankings matter. And we got away from that. We didn't do that right. We're going to do that right now. So it gives Jericho something to do. So he keeps his ego happy. Give him some screen time. But it'll take that good idea that was listed at the beginning. Because like you said, they did it before. It was a good idea. It was a good idea. You just didn't mm-hmm. execute it right. You pulled out occasionally and be like, oh, if she wins this, she'll get into the number one spot, right? You know, that's a thought that I had. Jamie? I mean, that's what they probably should do. <laughs> now, are they actually going to do it, though? That's the question. Probably not. Um, I I believe that I love the win structure, uh, but they definitely got away from it because they got more entertainment based, if you will. Um, but no, I think it, it, the main reason they got rid of it was for one Cornelius Montavious punk. Cause he didn't wrestle all the time. That was one of the main people that got the reason why they got rid of it. Oh, he's gone. Fuck him. <laughs> Bring him back. No offense, but <laughs> maybe uh, maybe they do. They could tie the rankings into the Coastal Continental Breakfast Classic Championship at the end of the year. And you again, this would take some, some substantial planning and more than I'm going to come up with off the cough off the cuff in the middle of a podcast. Um, but where it's not every single match every week it necessarily matters to it. Like you could have certain matches around the year that are to establish these rankings where the top 12 at the end of the year get into this tournament. There's, and then you've got a thread going throughout the year where it's not such an important deal that every single match is going to have all these implications, but you can kind of keep the interest in this tournament going along the year. Granted, you do run into injury issues and things like that, but you don't finalize your 12 until the end. And if they're out at the end of the year, they're out of the tournament. Um, there's just, this tournament has been such a nice change of pace storytelling wise, because there's a reason for the wrestling that's happening on TV right. and the wrestling is going to be great no matter what. 
give us that little bit of context and it's even better. Well, I mean, I feel like but I I feel like the tournament has precipitated the good wrestling that has followed with it, right? And unfortunately, because of that, they struck gold. They found a good happy medium between, you know, the just just do balls out good wrestling matches and storyline and I don't. I just worry about now that it's over with. We go back into the older pattern, you know, of a good match on show, sort of, right? Maybe two, and then some other ones that fit stories, and you're trying to force other stories randomly here and there. You know, I feel like it pinpointed them to a have better work on their stories, which has been much better storytelling in the past three, four months, right? But it also mm. gave you that, you know, that mark that you want to have of just nothing but good matches, right? Uh, we'll see. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're speculating that they're going to drop off from it, but who knows? I just, I just hope they don't. Yeah, no, they, they've hit their stride. And one kind of underrated aspect of the tournament is it's kind of reset the expectations for the length of a really good wrestling match. Because there has been banger after banger, and they have all been under 20 minutes. Yeah. And it... It, you don't necessarily need, you know, 25 to 35 in these like classic epics to have just phenomenal wrestling that tells a good story. Um, but it's also kind of taken them out of everything being in that like 12 to 15 range as well. Like you're getting a lot more matches in that 15 to 20 range with the best wrestlers in the world, which why why shouldn't half your show be the best wrestlers in the world having the best wrestling matches you could possibly see on a Wednesday night? That's good. That's a good question. I have no argument to it. All right. Um, let's go to the main event because it has a lot to a lot to go off of here because Swerve's at nine points. Mox is at nine points. And Mox Jay White. Or sorry, sorry, Jay White's at nine. Um John Moxley's at twelve. Swerve's at twelve. Um, so there's a lot, a lot on the line. Jay White wins and he's at 12 and then you have a three way for the semifinal, which I want to get into the blue league here in a second. Cause I have an idea about what's going to happen there. <laughs> um, so this match, uh, do you see the sign in the front row that says spoiler alert? Moxley's going to bleed. Yeah. Okay. That popped me so hard to see. <laughs> I knew it would. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. But um, this match was amazing. He didn't technical bleed. wrestling. He didn't bleed. He didn't. Spoiler, he didn't. Who no saw blood. that coming? Now, next week, though, no holds barred. I, I bet, bet mm. some blood's going to happen. <laughs> so, what are they going to do? In, okay. So, Jay White wins, you know, mm. after working the knee so much. Excellent job. I love the swerve with the the two chairs. I thought that was such a great move. People bought into it, threw the chair in there, and then hit him in the knee. Um, you know, the, it would have been really cool to see, like, a figure four or a Texas Cloverleaf there, um, you know, to really focus it on the knee. Yes, I'm not saying the other thing because it doesn't work on knees, contrary to popular belief. Although you back. had in the swerve match, you had an almost one-legged lion tamer. Oh, the high angle Canadian maple leaf? Absolutely. It was really <laughs> close to a, a one-legged lion tamer. You had the knee on the Canadian head and everything. Maple leaf. Canadian maple leaf. Sure, whatever. Shout out 
Storm. Lance Storm. <laughs> uh, no, this match was amazing. I technically just just kiss. It was it was it was everything you wanted in in a technical match for sure. Great storytelling. Mox on top of the wrestling world. He sold the shit out of his knee before, during, after the match. I mean, it was just. And they and they brought Jr. Jr. out for commentary on it, and they said at the very beginning, Jr. said, "This is a match you could see in the Tokyo Dome. You would expect to see wherever." And he's a thousand percent correct. And we didn't get any disappointment in the match. It lived up to what you thought you were going to get: Moxie versus White. This is what it should have been, right? And it was. It was great. Yeah this this match was really fun. Uh, I like that. Obviously. He worked over Mox's knee. He hit him with the knee in the chair at one point. But Jay White more or less won the match clean, as far as what AEW considers a clean victory. Right. And I said it last week, Jay White beats Mox next week. We get our three-way tie. <laughs> we get a triple threat, which I still think is probably to get Jay White out of the gold league so he could lose to whoever comes out of the blue, but who knows? Anything could happen without Swerve having to eat a pin because I think Swerve's too hot to win this Triple Crown Championship. He's got to go to the top. And I don't think anyone's really excited about seeing Mox win this title. We're excited about seeing Mox wrestle every week and do it, but like Mox doesn't need a championship right now. No. Um, let alone three of the same championship, uh, more or less. But... Yeah, this this was great, and it's it's wild what a difference a couple weeks makes because week two of the tournament, Jay White gets beat by Swerve, and you think, okay, Jay lo he lost the title match at full gear. He lost in the second round of Swerve. He's probably not coming out of this side, but they've done a good job of keeping all their top guys looking strong. Anyone could win this. Phenomenal booking. And that's what, that's what you want. You want it to be open-ended. Now, you said you're going to talk about the Blue League, Jamie. Let's get to that because they got some interesting math going on over there. So the Blue League's getting in a fatal four-way. Calling it now. <laughs> it's, I it's, hope not. You know, it's screaming fatal four-way. I hope not. I would love to see that match, the fatal four-way that would come out of that league. But I think if you're going triple threat in one league, I would like to see a good singles match as a semifinal in the other. I hear you, but I don't know. I just feel like I feel like Jamie's on point with that. That it's just it's telegraphed almost. It's like that's what's going to end up being. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I just I just really hope they don't. Like you don't need to do the multi man gimmick in in both both because at right. that point now right. you've got you've got seven of the twelve guys in the tournament in the semifinals. I mean, like the last time shit on the tournament, right? Yeah, you basically shit on the tournament because you've got almost everybody in the in the, in the semifinals. <laughs> so yeah, and it, it makes the triple threat coming out of the gold league seem less. Like it's yeah, cool good. tonight. Now it's announced, but then if it gets stepped on with the four way coming out of the other league, then it's like, oh, okay, it's not that special. What if it's another triple threat? Do they have the possibility to do a triple threat, Jamie, with the way the points are stacked up on the blue side? Yeah, they they definitely do. So. Um, like Brian Danielson has nine points right now. Brody King's got six, but he's going against Daniel Garcia. So if he beats Daniel Garcia, he he'll have nine. And then 
Danielson wrestles Claudio. If Claudio wins, he'll have nine. And then Kingston just has to beat um, El Idolo, Andrade. And if he beats, oh, my God. So if he beats it, you could have one, two, three, four, five of the gentlemen make it. All well, with nine points. But they did made mention of the tiebreakers. So there's got to be some tiebreakerage going on there. Yeah, you could end up with like a, a tie on points, but then the head to head still putting two clear guys or something like that. I I just hope it's 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 just two guys. And really any two out of the guys that are still open would be fine, but just give me a good one on one match in the semifinal coming out of that one. Yeah, that'd be nice. Well, we're gonna find out Saturday and we'll get both of those matches next Wednesday. So What a fun way to end the year. Yeah, because the so if it is if it is the five way, here's the thing: Eddie would have a win over Andrade and Claudio, who would be in there, and then Claudio would have a win over Brian Danielson, Andrade, so that would be there. Brody King would have a win over Claudio and Eddie, so like everybody's beating everybody. So there's no real. I so, think okay. Danielson's beating Claudio. I think you'll have – I think you might have a three-way is my guess. I bet it's four. I feel four now. I can see four, but I – part of me Five thinks you'll a three-way. I think if you're going to do another multi-man, then another three-way is the way to go because then they're just kind of – even. Yeah. <clears throat> but even then, like, it's just – it's too many people not getting eliminated takes away from the stakes of the last month and a half we just watched. Right. So basically, this tournament led to half the people being eliminated. The other half still have a shot. Yeah. Which, it that seems like too many. Like, one extra person in there is a cool novelty, but we don't we don't need to let everybody in. But you know, Rosa Promotions, how much they love their multi-man matches. <laughs> that is true. All right. Well, fantastic episode tonight. Mm-hmm. Again. And we're going to see probably another banger next week. Next week is the go home for World's End. So we are at the end of the Continental Classics, uh, that championship match. We have Joe versus uh, MJF. We have the women's title match, Tony Storm versus Riho. We have the tag match. No idea what's going on with that anymore. And. There's been the challenge put out there, Adam Copeland for Christian Cage in an ODQ match. That's probably happening some fashion, yeah. right? So, yeah. got a few more matches to fill out. I'm sure we'll get more on the card here coming up here soon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you get like a women's uh, women's match with uh, Thunder Rosa and Julie Hart somehow involved. Maybe a tag match. Maybe a, a something of the nature. Maybe a straight up one on one match. Who knows? Yeah, I think they're doing the tag on collision this week. The they're doing, yeah. Thunder they're doing Abaddon, Abaddon. Yeah. Abaddon and Rosa versus the Daughters of the Black Throne or whatever they're calling themselves. I, I think there's an outside chance you get Abaddon versus Julia or They've been setting that up, so that makes sense. Yeah. Me? I think I think that would be a fun match throwing that pay per view. It doesn't have to get a ton of time. Like give them a solid like eight to ten to keep that story going. Um with Thunder Rosa back, you could throw it into a, a multi-person match, but I think 
give give Julia another pay-per-view title events. Like if you're think, you're putting that belt on her, you're running with that, throw her out there on pay-per-view. Give her a singles match with Abaddon. I think that's and also just give Abaddon a pay-per-view match. Plus, you're also yeah, and you're also giving them the, t- the tag match this week, so you don't need to do it again. Uh, yeah. There'll be a few more matches I'm sure we'll get announced here in the next uh, week and a half. But 10 days away, we got uh, the new belt will be on the line, uh, uh, which I still need to get a picture of that belt, Jamie, so I can make a new graphic. But <laughs> we'll, work, we'll worry about that later. You have to fry uh, it we'll, out of my cold, dead hands. Well, I want a graphic for your, your, your little – okay, we'll just keep the old belt on your image here then. Fine. I, I still think at World's End they need to throw a five-on-five five with everyone that didn't make the finals from the Blue League against everyone that didn't make the finals from the Gold League. There you go. Like – Love it. Easy, it. easy layup. They've all been involved in this tournament, so they're not involved in really other stuff. Uh, it's just a fun, just crazy five-on-five five spot fest. Just like who Do would it. want to see that on the pay per view? Make yeah, it a Survivor style. Series style. Yeah, I'm in. in, in we in. we will be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. We'll have our uh, our last words before the pay per view. So again, a week from Saturday is World's End. Uh, we will have picks. We will talk about the belt afterwards. But next week we have the Go Home Show and everything getting ready for that. Um, if you it's your first time here, welcome in. Thank you for joining us. Please like, subscribe, you know, share with your friends. We do appreciate it. Uh, I want to wish everybody out there a very safe holidays this season. You know, uh, please have a good holidays, whatever you celebrate, or if you don't celebrate at all, enjoy a few days off of work. Hopefully, you know, if you are working, and you don't celebrate. Well, have a good day, no matter what day it is. All right. <laughs> So we'll be back same next week, same bad time, same bad channel. Uh, Austin, Jamie, any final words? No, nah, nah. Uh, solid, uh, solid night of dynamite. Looking forward to the last couple weeks uh, to, to close out the year and hopefully keep that all rolling to twenty twenty four. Let's see where we go. So thank you for watching. Thank you for joining. We appreciate you giving us some of your time. Jamie, take us home, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not down Total Spot Fest, I got six words for you. That was was so close. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays. Take care, y'all. Peace. Later.